Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebecca. Welcome to Rebecca Live uh, Dash Radio Dash Talk X. I hope all is good and well in your world, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, today we have Ziad Abdel Noor uh, on the show. Blackhawk Partners, an absolute weapon. He's the founder, president, and CEO of Blackhawk Partners, a family private office in the business of originating, structuring, and acting as equity investor in strategic corporate investments, and co-founder of OMV Capital LLC, a trading platform focusing on the financing of real estate and infrastructure and project finance properties throughout the globe and he's in new york city and he's a weapon that understands a whole bunch about uh money economy bitcoin politics finance whole bunch of other shit and i'm extremely excited to talk to him today because he has opinions about lots of stuff and i always enjoy talking to someone who has solid strong opinions about lots of stuff so without further ado ladies and gentlemen how are you my friend i'm doing great thank you for having me a-okay, I appreciate your time. I understand you are a very busy man and anyone can tell with one quick bit of Googling, you have done a lot in life and you are yet you have you have not slowed down. So no, is there a specific, maybe we'll start there. Down. I'm not I about to that. slow down. Oh, let's maybe start there for a second. Uh probably a few decades ago, you probably had the opportunity to maybe stop working stop doing stuff, stop creating, moving, going, you know, you passed the tipping point. There was a day that you said, okay, well, you know, my bank account's looking pretty flipping good right now. Maybe I can just kick the feet up and relax. Why do you decide to wake up every single day? I'm sure you don't get up at 10 a.m. either. I'm sure you probably get up a bit earlier than that and you are getting after it. Uh, Why are you still going when many, many, many would have stopped? Great question. Uh, one day, a friend of mine asked me a question, told me, Ziad, what is the number? I told him, what do you mean? Well, what's the number at, at, at which you would stop working? You, don't, you, you, have anything, you have everything. My answer was more. <laughs> 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 the number was more. He told, me, he told me, you son of a gun. Yep, that's true. true. Look, if you love what you do, why do you want to retire? Why, what do you want to do? Go play golf all day long with your uh, p- uh, pink suit, green tie, and blue pants? You look like a clown playing golf. Okay, I'll play golf once, or, you know, once in a white time. I ride horses. I ride polo. But, you know, just retire and do that? That's no passion. There's no, you know, it's not the money at this point. It's the chase. It's the mm. hunt. It keeps me young. It keeps me alert. It keeps my gray cells working. You know, I mean, this the is chase, really the chase exciting. of the chase of what? The chase of ideation in your head that you want to see manifest into the real world. Yes, good question. Look, it's not about money. It's about disrupting things. I'm a disruptor. I'm a rebel. I'm a maverick. I'm a disruptor. I'm a guy who's in your face all the time. I love it. And you know what? If you are a true disruptor, you're going to make a lot of money because you don't make money in good times. You make money in times of disruption when everybody's losing his head, where people are panicking, where emotions are running high. Give you an example. Stock market was at 28,000 just recently in March. I know the coronavirus was going to decimate the market. 
I went short. I went. I put. I made a huge bet. I went short. It went down to twenty-three thousand. Then at twenty-three thousand, I started buying bitcoins. I went long, massive. The the wait five times your money. So market goes up, market goes down, economies up, economies down. President Trump, President Biden, President God knows who. I don't care. We're gonna make money, whatever happens. This is the attitude of somebody of a real deal maker. Not oh my God, the market is down. Oh my God, I should feel depressed. Oh now the liberals are in power. You can. I will make more money with the liberals and the communists in power than the capitalists in power, because I know how to look at things. Because because look, because I, most people uh, dissociate business from politics. Oh, this is business, not politics. Wrong. Look at George Soros. I cannot stand the guy from a political point of view, but he's a very smart businessman. I have to. I have to give him that. I had talk. He's a very smart businessman, but I cannot. Uh, I, I don't dislike his view. I, I dislike his view. So I mean, you know, he basically combines politics and business. You see, some people I know, friends of mine, they invest based on where the armies in the world are moving. Business is war. Is war how things are going to happen? This is called event-driven investing. Look at stuff in the world geopolitical. And make a huge bet before they happen, before it's in the papers, before everybody knows about them. When stuff is in the paper that this is hot, I go short. I don't go long. It's too late. You know, it reminds me of the story of uh, uh, Joe Kennedy, who was the father of JFK. You know, before the the stock market crash of 1929, he went into a cab, taking him to a place. And the cab driver started telling him, oh, Mr. Kennedy, the stock is the stock market. Can you imagine? Are you buying? He said to himself, Joe Kennedy, if the, if the news came, came down to the cab driver to go and buy, meaning that's the end of it. He went and shorted the market, made a killing. This is how the Kennedy fortune was made because of that bet that Joe Kennedy did, you know, with the stock market crash when he went short. That's how so this, smart, smart investors win. There's a lot to unravel there. I maybe we'll start with this. Uh, the coronavirus put everything on pause. In New Zealand, uh, and I'm sure in potentially other places, I was talking to a friend who's in commercial real estate, and he's done a lot in the, he's a head of commercial for a big, uh, one of New Zealand's biggest sort of commercial real estate companies. And I said, so what's, what's the action on the ground? And he goes, mate, super simple, offense versus defense. Offense, uh, defense, all the millionaires who have their leases and stuff, they're freaking, they're, they're losing their shit, they're freaking out. All the billionaires are going on offense because all of a sudden they've got a whole bunch of underpriced assets which are about to hit the market because the millionaires are yeah. stuffed and they're going to play, yeah. they're playing in decades, not years. So he says there's two different games and it depends if you're at the table to play or you're not. And if you're not, exactly you're right. stuffed. And if you are, and so it's great to, I guess, in a uh, That's exactly in a what I'm saying. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm confirming that. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. That's how you do it. So when you play, you play big or you don't play. You know, it's exactly what he was saying. Hundred percent. They say he, he he was saying that they playing and they they're thinking uh, generationally 
long-term, long-game chess checkers, wait till it all crumbles, then they come in and then they play in the market. They don't, the, you know, the, the cab, they don't buy when the cab driver's buying. They've done it before, like months before, years before, exactly. whatever it may be. Exactly. When the cab driver starts buying, you start going short. So maybe I'll, I'll I'll ask this. You've obviously uh, pretty well connected in the world, the realms of money and the world, the worlds of uh, uh, intellect and understanding what's going on. On a day to day basis, you are the one percent, right? You're probably the one percent of the one percent. Got it. How do you guys communicate within your trusted circle, and who do you decide who's in and who's out for for how you how you communicate with with others in your in your space? How do you how do you do it? It's a good question. Well, number one, these relationships, I've known them for decades. So you don't build this overnight. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. as a matter of fact, over the decades, you get to know who you trust, who you don't trust. Because, and I've lost a lot of money doing it. Of course, I've made much more, but I've lost because you learn from your failures. You don't learn from your successes, obviously. So it's all about people, number one. Even when I invest in a company, you know, I mean, even when I build a company, invest in a company, I'll give you an example. Some people come to me and tell me, oh, Ziad, would you be interested in that industry? Would you invest in New Zealand? Would you invest in Africa? I don't listen. I don't invest in technologies, in industries, in geographies. I invest in people. The same thing when I trade. I get my sources, my information, not from the Wall Street Journal, but from trusted people. I've invested in all years. I made them a shitload of money and they made me a shitload of money. So we build this trust and they're very aware. And I have experts in every asset class, real estate, bitcoins, technology, you know, you have to develop this network. And it's not the quantity like all these, these idiots who collect names on social media. I have 20,000 contacts, 30,000 contacts. Who gives a shit? I mean, uh, my question to them is that have you monetized these contacts? No. I prefer to have 20 top-notch contacts I monetized money with and reliable than have 20 million or 20,000. It's not the number. It's the, it's the quality right? of the people. It's the quality of the people. Yeah. That's what it is. So at the end of the day, when I invest in a company, number one, I invest in some people I trust and I feel comfortable with. If I don't like them, no matter what the deal is, no matter how wealthy and powerful they are, I tell them to fuck off. Literally, thought, go yeah. fuck off. Two, people with a track record. A lot of people talk, a lot of brokers, promoters, slick people, they have no track record. They position themselves as operators or as traders or as experts. You're no expert. You know, like all these people, you know, who, um, who went to these fancy fancy colleges, Ivy League colleges, uh, you know, and who basically don't have any skin in the game. For me, they pontificate. I have no respect for lawyers, economists, bankers, uh, professors, zero respect. Because these they haven't guys, run businesses, they haven't done it themselves, they're not practitioners. Exactly, they pontificate, they have skin in the game. They are in their, in their uh, the ivory tower, at Harvard Business School, they make two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, or even more, and they think they know it all because they have some gray hair. And you know what? I'm so blunt with them 
that you're going to laugh with this. So when people come to me, they me, Ziad, I want to give you some advice, some professor of Harvard Business School, some asshole. I'll give you some advice. I thought, let me ask you a question before you give me any advice. How much money do you have in the bank? If you have more than me, I will take your advice. I'll take the advice from Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, because they're richer than me. They are in the tens of billions of dollars. Okay? But I will not take an advice from a professor who makes $400,000 a year, which I make in a day. You know, thank you very much. I don't need your advice. They're shocked. But you have to shock them because they're so pretentious, arrogant assholes that you have to put them in their place. You know, this is it. I like to put their people in their place. People who claim they are this, who tell you, you know, they are that important. No, no, no. This is how important you are. And I'm going to prove it to you. You have to confront people. I confront them. You may, they may not necessarily like, love you or like you, but that's okay. You know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, there are a lot of people who love me. There are a lot of people who hate me. Even the people who hate me. I know eventually, once they get to really know me, they're going to change. And number one, but, but it doesn't matter. You know what's the worst? It's not loving or hating. It's indifference. When people are indifferent to you, where, people, where you're so irrelevant, then people are indifferent, like you don't exist, like you're, you're dust in the wind. That's the worst. Even in a relationship, you know, when you're with a, 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 a woman, you know, indifference is the worst. Indifference, it's not important. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't exist. Love and hate, it can change. You know, but not indifference. What I think is interesting about the, the headspace of, you know, you, you respect practitioners who have executed and done. They've been on the battlefield. They've, they've struggled. They've had their skin in the game. They've, they've been there yeah. and seen it and done it. And so the filter that others feel of, oh, because I have this title of self-imposed relevance on you, now you should listen exactly. to me because I have the stamp. I have the, the, the magic dust of exactly. brand, right? You, so you your filter is I don't I don't give a shit what have you done do I do I like so I always think about you know obviously way smaller scale you know do I like you do I trust you do you execute that's it yes, if I like yes, you I trust yes. you and you get shit done done yeah look look that, that, that's a good point I would like to add on that okay if somebody comes to me and tell me you know what I were, I went to an Ivy League college Wharton Harvard I worked fifteen years at IBM I was some or at whatever firm, and I was a partner or a top executive for funding versus somebody who comes to me and who went bankrupt three times. I will always back the one who went bankrupt three times. And the other guy, I will humiliate him, literally. I will cut his balls and his ego, literally. Because he's flexing. He's to flex with you. And he showed me his thing. And asking for a job, if you were so fucking important and successful, you wouldn't be asking for a job, you would do it yourself. The other guy is a hungry guy who wants to prove himself to the world. You know, he's very keen, he's very humble, he learned a lot from his mistakes, and he wants one last shot. Give me a shot. You know what? I've really learned a lot. I like these he's people. They're humble. Yeah, they've been, they're, they're, it's, yeah I, I, I definitely can see that. But it feels like at the top, with where you're at, you see the game differently. You're not seeing titles and hierarchy. You're seeing no. execution and ethic. You, you're looking yeah. at the, you know, I think about, um, you know, exactly. I've done smaller things in, in my life, obviously not to the, the same level, but I know if I'm going heads up against someone else and I know where I've been to, to the bottom of like, oh, 
you haven't slept in the bathtub and put all your shit in and rented out for $40 a week. You haven't had like noodles and water stuff you, because I know when it goes to the bottom, 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 bottom to that ground, I've been lower than they have. So I think of it as ammunition of cool. All right. You've had all your fancy shit. You've had everything with your layups. You've had your nice little trust fund rolling. Okay, cool. Well, I know that you're going to tap out after 18 hours and I'll go for 48. I know that. I'll, you know, So I, I, I definitely in being a um, ex-professional uh, athlete, I, can understand the mindset of that. So I'll, I'll lead into this. In the world that you're you know, in now... Just, 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 just to close on this, I yeah. can't stand entitlement. All these prima donnas who think they're entitled to that, or all these yeah. young kids who went to Ivy League colleges, they think they're so smart. They've never run a company. They've never seen any tough thing. They just come from a good family, or, or they could afford to pay a degree like this. These guys, I like to obliterate them, literally to make them leave my office crying. Surely there's some good ones because in there. Because this is how they're going to learn. Because this is how they're going to learn. You know, I, I tell you the difference. The, the problem is the parents today who teach their kids, especially the kids of these, this generation, that they are so special and so smart and so unique. My son, he's exceptional. You know, so it goes into the head of these kids that they are so different and so special. And they end up working with Ivy League, uh, going to an Ivy League college, meaning they're so smart. No, no, they are doing a disservice by saying that to their kids. You should really, uh, that's a totally disservice because they end up facing the real world and they say society is not going to treat them like their parents. You're not that, that smart. There's a zillion guys like you. Prove to me that you really are the killer you say you are. Not because your last name is X, or a big family, like a Biden, like Hunter Biden, this idiot, this fucking idiot, the son of President-elect Biden, total moron, who's so special. There's nothing special. He's a crook. You know, and I can prove it. And if he wants to sue me, let him sue me. I will destroy him. Oh, jeez. Man, you must have a lot of. Do you okay? Do you think okay? Let's zoom out. I'm an if I'm an alien looking at your world. Do you think more people love you or more people hate you for how blunt you are? <laughs> more, much more people love me. Much more. Oh, people. well, that's good. No, that's seriously, good. no. But but you know what? But I don't care. I don't care because what I'm doing is the right thing. Caring. Because what I'm doing is the right thing. But I'll tell you what's more, more, more than loving and hearing and hating. More, more people fear me fear but that's fine i'm not running for office i'm getting i'm a catalyst i'm a rebel i'm a maverick i'm a disruptor i'm here to change things nicolo machiavelli you know machiavelli used to say one of the most difficult things in the world is to change the order of things hmm. president trump changed the order of things that's why they hate him all the people who change the order of things are not really in general liked because they are changing the status quo they are disrupting society they he's putting people they're putting people outside their comfort zone it's understandable it's human nature somebody some lobbyist in washington dc who's being earning an obnoxious amount of money for doing nothing comes new regulation with Trump in power. He put him out of business, literally. You're not needed. 
all these brokers, all these intermediaries, all this non-essential, these are the non-essential I'm talking about. It's putting a little business. It's not needed. So it's not a question, you know, society gives too much pleasure. Oh, you're politically correct, you're nice, you're polite, you're sincere. Who gives a fuck about this? What difference are you making in this world? Nothing. You're just a nice puppy. Nice puppy. What a nice puppy. Look at him. How nice and polite he is. Because all this education system, all this stuff, all this, it's all about, it's all about control. It's all about conformity and control. You're born, you have, to, you have to conform to what your parents say. You go to school, you have to conform to what your principals say. You go to college, you have to conform because you have to be liked by your peers. You know, they have to like you. You go to work, you have to conform to what your boss says. You get married, you have to conform to what your spouse says. So now you're 50, 60 years old, you have conformed all your life, your life is over, and you have done shit. Keep conforming, you idiot. Keep conforming. Well, it's the, they're, they're following the blueprint of what they feel success is to keep ticking that box of what others around them are doing the exact same thing, right? But that's not, success. that's not success. That's not success. Well, how, how, do you do, how do you define success? No success regret? Is about, success is about empowering people. Success is empowering people to become true leaders, creating leaders, and making fuck you money. I literally okay. say it. So rewind back. Were you like this with your same headspace, the way you treated, acted, and interacted with others before you had FU money? Yes, because I had really? nothing to lose. I'll tell you why. Because I had nothing to lose. Piss off. Look, listen. Really? I came as a... I came okay, as I came as a legal immigrant to this country. I had nothing. So I said, you know, I can, and I realized with the days that I can get away with anything because I'm an immigrant. I don't know. I don't know about your fucking system. Yeah, it's exactly right. So I always, you know what? It was tough at the beginning, but I never adjusted to, to this. I cannot conform. I cannot conform to authority. I cannot conform to all the bullshit. I cannot. I cannot conform to a boss, to this, to that. I cannot. This is my, my nature. It's my DNA. Either you are like so this you're, or you're not. So, and I'm imagining with that mindset as an outsider that was seen as a liability, when you eventually won and then got FU money, that's now one of your biggest assets because you've won by not being like them and now you're at a yep. spot, it almost puts fuel on your own fire to justify yep. the reason that you've had that headspace, right? And that yep. approach and strategy. Yep. Yes, I've always been a contrarian. Yes, you cannot rise above the pack by being like the pack. I realized this a long time ago. You yeah, cannot. and so maybe through that, you said something before, you said, you know, people fear you. Is it the fear of them being potentially exposed because they're not as authentic to who they truly are? Is it fear of the power and influence of that surrounds them? When you say fear of others, what is it in there, I guess, your financial world that you're in? What, because, what does okay, that okay, I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Number one, when you're like this, nobody's going to approach you with a deal, a scam, to shove it down your throat. Because they know yes. if they're going to do that, I'm going to have the feds at their door. I'm going to jail them. I'm going to put them out of business. Literally. 
uh, without any feeling. So, filter, so, so externally, because of what you've built and created, it puts an instant yeah. wall for those who are thinking yeah. of scamming not to even try. So your filter of yeah. those who look, get to you is a lot yeah. tighter because they don't want to get exposed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, 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 at the end of the day, to be really successful, you, you can't, it's not just by being irrelevant, but being dangerous. Nobody wants to mess with you. People want to do it the right way, and nobody wants to mess with you. And even if you're dealing with very rich people, you see the thing, the problem, people are so fucked up, their whole education is fucked up. They have to give reverence. No, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. They have to give well, reverence. They, they, they have to give reverence to the powerful and the mighty. Yes, your highness, if it's a fighter. Kiss the ring shit. Yes, Kiss doctor, the ring shit. Yeah, because they are billionaires. But let me tell you something. I know how the billionaires think. Okay, when you react like this in front of in front of a billionaire, he's gonna treat you like shit, like you're his doormat. But when you challenge him, challenge him like I do every time. I tell them literally, who the fuck do you think you are to do this and that? No, seriously. You know what? They take notice. Who is this guy? I would rather be have this guy on my side as my advisor than on the other side because he's totally unpredictable. And the this challenge is respected of. for them. Yeah, because they don't so, get challenged. It's all psychological. It's all psychological. I can write books about that. And I wrote my, my last book, you should check it out uh, on Amazon. You know, uh, it's called Startup Saboteurs How Ego, yeah, Incompetence, ego. and Small Thinking Prevent Wealth Creation. It's all about wealth creation. There are a lot of people who, who sabotage themselves or sabotage others, and they never make money. So it's all about your dealings with people. You don't have to be, do exactly the opposite what society told you to do, except that everything has to be legal and right. You cannot cheat, you cannot lie, you cannot do these things. But having an attitude, fuck them, I have an attitude, so what, sue me. I'm not doing any harm. At the end of the day, the difference is if you're talking all this shit, but you hadn't executed, then you're just seen as one of these flipping, you're right. a, a loud mouthpiece with no engine because you've never done anything. So now yeah. you're actually probably further potentially publicly exposing yourself because you haven't actually done shit, opposed to if I've done shit and then I'm telling you I'm doing it and this is how I'm rolling, well, stuff you because this is, and because of your past of how you've got to this point by being, you know, probably extremely See, confrontational with your view. It, it, it's you know, it's least, yeah, right? Yes, and to build on that, I always rely much more on the substance than the style. Unfortunately, in today's society, it's all about style. How you say things, did I offend you or not? How you do things. Oh, you offended my feelings. Oh, you were so rude. Oh, you know what? This style shit doesn't work. For example, if I have a guy... No, I'm telling you, man. But, the, the, but this so is gnarly, dude. Like you uh, are literally like such a gnarly savage. It's so refreshing to talk to someone who doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it just says I, it. I, 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 I give you an example. I, I give you an example. You know, this is the thing. So, you know, if, if a guy and 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 this story has happened, this happened. So a guy comes up, always tells me, he's absolutely crazy. You know. But he's very, very smart. The IQ is maybe 180 or something like that. And he's a track record like crazy, but he's crazy. He doesn't give a shit about anything. 
you know, he comes uh, in front of my board. He stands on the boardroom where we are all seated on it. And he says, look, this is the, what I plan to do. This is how I plan to to buy this company. This is how I'm going to rape and pillage everybody there and make a shitload of money for you. I love the guy. I love the guy. Versus somebody. I mean, if a guy like this goes to any Silicon Valley firm, these egomaniacs from Silicon Valley, who thinks that they are the center of the world, if he does this, they're going to kick him out the door. Because yep. they looked at the style, not at the substance. The I'm, message exactly not the message. The I'm exactly yeah. the reverse. So if it, so, when when when, a, when I coach CEOs of companies, you know how to pitch money and etc. For example, I tell them when you ask a question, don't ever say, "I don't know," because that's the kiss of death. A CEO for me is somebody who is God. You're there. You got, you find a solution, you find an answer. This is the kind of CEOs I back. Now they go, oh, excuse me, let me check with my CFO. Fuck you and your CFO, done, out, you're fired. I have no patience, I would check with my CFO. I have no patience for people who are hesitant, who are politically correct, like this, uh, this other idiot. He goes, he puts the laptop in front of him, he starts making the presentation, I interrupt him. He told me, let me finish, told him, fuck you, out. Let me finish. You cannot answer a question while you're working at your laptop. You see, these are the fucking bureaucrats that do not work in my life. I cannot tolerate people like that. I'll give you an example, okay? I, I think this is, uh, this show goes to how many people? This show goes to how many people? Uh, I'm asking you a question. Oh, sorry, uh, so you just cut it for a second. Uh, Dash Radio, we've got uh, 13 million users. Good. Good, good. Let them all hear this very clearly. When I was young, before coming to the United States, my father was a very, very successful entrepreneur, extremely successful. And he told me, I want to give you one advice. And I want this advice to you and all your people. And this is all what matters. All the rest is fucking bullshit. You don't want advice. There are three things that matter in business. Any individual, man or woman, has to have these three things for you to do business with them. If they lack any of those three things, do not do business with them. And I, he told me this, I was much younger and I started relying on him and I have to ha hand him this. Without his advice, I would not be where I am today. I'll tell you the, the, what he said. The wisest, smartest thing I've ever heard, no professor, nobody ever told me that. And I applied it to the letter. He told me these three things are equally important. Okay? There's not one. He said, number one, before I do, it doesn't matter the education. It doesn't matter the nationality. It doesn't matter the religion. It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter the sexual orientation. He told me all this shit doesn't mean nothing. The only thing that matters is the following. Number one, all equally important, guts, balls. If somebody is not gutsy, don't deal with him because when you have a tough times, he's going to pull you down. 
it's okay, Ziyad. It's your faith. It's Jesus. It's Allah. It's this. It's that. You know, you have to understand. Fuck understand. I don't want to understand. You have to push me if you're my friend, if you're my partner. You have to have more guts than me. Two, brains. If you have the guts and no brains, you're a loose cannon who's going to self-implode. If you have the brains and no guts, you're a bureaucrat idiot who's here crunching numbers like 99% of the people. They can't take any action. They don't have any guts. They're just processes, processing the machine for their boss. So guts, brains, and three, as important, which a lot of people don't have, they may have one and two, but they few have the three, is heart, compassion. Yeah. We're after all human beings, we're not machines. People with a big heart, big brains, and big balls, are unstoppable. I would fully agree. The, uh, you know, you said guts and balls. I just put under as bravery. You know, they've got bravery internally. Yeah, bravery, got that, that's that right. Yeah, bravery, yeah. brave, guts, balls. Yep. And then the, the brains, 100%, because then there's the, and then the, the last one of heart, care, and compassion, it's that EQ, it's the IQ and EQ with a set of balls and you're away laughing, right? Because you have that combination. I know exactly what you're talking about, those that are extremely brainy but don't have uh, the guts and balls. And I've met a lot of them that work in uh, government or uh, councils or uh, sort of big corporates that are safe. And then on the other side, then you've got um, usually most entrepreneurs and startups and small business, crazy guts and balls to go and try. Usually, sometimes, maybe not the most IQ because they're so driven and passionate about what they're trying to go after. But then, and then on the other side, which does suck, I see a lot of as well, especially in the charity space and community side, is those that have all heart, care, and compassion, but they don't have the actual brains or commercial intellect to 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 connect the two to actually be able to level up. But I think you're right because if you've got the guts and the balls of the brains and you care, so you care about the people and community, and then yourself with IQ and EQ, you're caring for others, but then also you understand yourself. Do you think there's an overarching piece of self-awareness around knowing where you sit on both to potentially partner with those that aren't like how do you how do you think of yourself first to know what you need to beef up around with your team and stuff like how have you how have you built your team knowing what you're good and bad at how have you done that over the years i'll give you an example i like to give examples that's the, only, the easiest way to understand things so the way i hire people at blackhawk I don't think there's a company in the world that hires people the way I hire them. Because because you know, a lot of people wear masks, they have nice resume, not, not, most of it lies bullshit. You know, they're all, you know, uh, slick and this is bullshit. I need to know somebody. I need to read behind this. I need to hint behind, behind the facade. How do you read somebody behind the facade and get to know him in the first two to five minutes? Two to five minutes to vet him. Extremely difficult to do, but you need to yeah. somehow front them to put them off their balance so they're not chameleoned out by the copy-paste shell of what they would usually I'll tell do, you how I do. I'll tell you how I do it. I'll tell you how I do it. Two to five minutes. Now, I'm sharing the thing with 30 million people, but I hope it, it, it's going to have a huge impact. So 
before interviewing anybody in the company, they have to pass by me. And if I say yes, then they go to HR, they go to the different partners, etc. But I have to meet them first. I don't want them to sell somebody some bullshit because they're not smart enough to understand them. And there are some very slick people in the world. But you know what? They're not going to fucking outsmart me. So, what is the, so I asked them one question. One question. And the, by, the way, by the way they answer this question, I'll get to know who they are. It's a very simple question, and it's a question for a lot of people who are not that smart, who would think this is stupid. It's not stupid. It's intended to be stupid. And see how they react. The question is, what pisses you off? Now, think about it one second. For all the people who answer me what really pisses and pisses them off, these are people with no balls, no brains, and no nothing. Because they're complying, conforming, and trying to please the boss or the employer who's going to hire them by telling me some bullshit artificial answer. This pisses me off, that pisses me off. And that's 99% of the people, they're already out. They're fucking robots. I don't have any robot at Black Hawk. When you are here, you're a black hawker. You're no robot. You have both brains and heart from the beginning. For the people who tell me, what kind of question is that, or what the fuck is this question, are the people I look for, I hire. Because this guy challenged the authority, challenged their boss. They can challenge a client. They have balls, brains, and they know that this is a stupid question. And they challenge me, tell me, what the fuck is this question? They don't care how I think. I love these guys. These are warriors. Yeah, you're the exact opposite to it because I'm imagining, I've never been um, technically, I guess, an employee of anyone. I've just sort of done my own thing so far to date. But I'm guessing for most uh, HR uh, things for starters, it doesn't come from the top down, it always comes from the bottom up. And secondly, I'm imagining it'll be a question of like, tell me about some time that you had a challenge and how you overcome it. Tell me about your biggest strengths and weakness, or some shit, right? And then it's just copy paste. You know, actually, I realized something that I didn't hadn't really realized before until probably it was about five or six years ago was that the person that because I meet everyone, I don't give a shit who, if you're a 15-year-old street kid or a 50-year-old CEO, you're the, it's all flat to me. I don't give a shit. It's like people are people. Do I like you? Do I trust you? Execute. But those that work in organizations have a shell. And usually there'd be a difference between the public uh, version versus the private version. And I would always find that out when we'd be out in the booze and after like the fifth or sixth beer, then all of a sudden they actually tell me how they think and they actually are telling me what's up. And they actually, and I'm like, well, where was this bravery in your nine to five shit? Like you, you, it's two different people. You've got like literally. Totally. You are, totally. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And this is the kind of people I can't stand where they have a, a public figure and a private figure. Just be yourself. Just have the fucking yeah. be yourself. And you know what? If you ask them what challenges you, they're going to make up some fucking answer to please you. No. Yeah. My, my, my question is even more challenging because here, Tell me what pisses you off. I'm not asking him what challenges you. By the way he responds, he automatically answered that. Not that yeah. he cannot make up this question. It's instinctive. It's instinctive. Some people with the DNA that I have are going to say, who the fuck are you? What kind of stupid question? None of your business. 
And the other is going to say, oh, my God, he's going to answer the question. No, I'm looking yeah. for every single one of my people are people who are challengers. If I have a 25-year-old guy who can challenge one of my clients, a CEO or a billionaire, that if he can challenge me, he can challenge him. This is the kind mm. of view. I'm looking for a specific corporate culture. This is not instilled. This is not what they teach you in school. You have to be nice. You have to be polite. You have to answer the question. You have to behave properly. This is how your resume should look like. This is how you think. Who the fuck are you to tell me what it should look like? Who the hell are you? You're a fucking teacher making $40,000 a year. You're going to teach me and my kids how I'm going to be? What have you accomplished? What merit do you have? Who the hell are you to ask these questions? You're a nobody. You're a pimple on my back. You're dust in the wind, bitch. <laughs> do, you, do you drink alcohol? What do you drink? No, I'm, not, I'm very sober. No. no really? Sober. I was like, man, I want to fly out to New York and go for a few with you. I'm, Shit, I'm very great. sober. I'm very, I'm very, look, look, listen, listen, man. Life is too short. It's very refreshing. It's very refreshing because you create people like this. You change the world. The world is afraid of people like this. Fear, again, because they are not controllable, because you cannot control them, because they are too smart to be controlled and too opinionated. And, and when they look, when I read news, politics, technology, everything, I have a very critical mind. And the way I look at things is very different. And this is what attracts people. Look, at the end of the day, let me tell you something. I never did any cold call in my life. I never marketed anything. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because when you market, there's two kinds of strategy in marketing. You've been in marketing. You've specialized in marketing. In my opinion, let's cut all the crap and talk about marketing. There are two kinds of strategy, push strategy and pull strategy. Push strategy is the kind of guys who are promoting a service, have services who do that, cold call, boiler room, bullshit. When you do that, you are in a defensive position. Because the motherfucker getting your question is in here a decision maker. He's looking at you like he's crossing his arms. Like, okay, finish, tell me. Who the fuck are you, bitch, to tell you? Like, I'm defensive. I'm never in a defensive position. This is war. I'm always on the attack. I'm a shark. I'm a big white shark. And there is the pull strategy. The pull strategy is when I, I write extensively blogs, audio, you know that. I mean, all over the place. I only attract people by what I write. If they agree with me, they start calling me. Like you so did. Filtering. Yep. Like you did. Like, like, like tons of people do. You know? And if they don't like me, they stay away. Fine. Get riddance. Get the fuck out of my face. Don't waste my time. So I pull the right people because they know this is who I am. When I keep consistently writing like this, think like this, say, I really like the way this guy thinks and yeah. operates, or I cannot stand him. So they start, for example, they, they want to uh, pull me down, so they write me a remark. I block them. I don't need to even negotiate with people like this. Don't waste my fucking time, bitch. You're blocked. Bye. And I block this, him. But there's something genius around that, which so the my creative video production company which um was definitely on the pull strategy because we had no marketing anything but we dealt with you know banks and mercedes and corona heineken and all the rest of it um i eventually exited that company to such and such in publicist big advertising agency but 
what I felt exactly to your point was the more content that I would put out and create with my thoughts and thinking around everything instantly became a filter to whoever would choose to engage with you because they already knew what you look like, dress like, talk like, act like, sounded like, they knew what you thought, they knew everything. So you actually utilize content as an as a weapon, as an asset to basically filter out context Brilliant. of yourself to others. Brilliant. Same thing. Exactly. And you know what? I'm, I'm telling you seriously, sometimes I meet people once they said oh my god it's like i've known you for 10 years because he reads my stuff and at all it's like I've, i'm sometimes i walk on the street you know ziad how are you doing is it i don't know who they are but because no, they, they know you yeah i mean you know this is how you build your brand this is how you build and then you attract only the people who you want because they know you they don't come to you because they want to change you oh fuck yourself i don't need your opinion this is how i am but the difference is then when, when they when I would sit down with them to, to the same level, but obviously to, to lower, lower zeros, is they already like you and they know you get shit done. The bit yeah. that they want to see in the person when they meet you is, do I trust you? Yeah. And that is the yeah. only bit that I so, so you can have two of three and you've actually already no, self-qualified 95% of the market, no, right? Because no, there are only no, two no, out of three done. Let's tell you something. And there was a study done about this. The people who show up front and who use the F word, etc., are usually very trustworthy because they have nothing to hide. They don't care. They don't have an image to keep. Oh my God, I have to be careful of my image and my script. Right. And my, fuck this shit. Exactly. They are, they are what it is. They are honest. They say it. You can trust them. I'm telling you, I've, there are a lot of studies done on this. And I prefer these kind of people, the rough and tumble and honest, than the slick you know, you know, everything has to be, I know I can trust it. I cannot trust this guy. I know I well, can trust it. It exposes itself over time because as soon as I have this thing, I say, you know, currency reveals character. As soon as if enough dollars get in the mix, then you'll actually see how they really roll opposed to actually knowing what they stand for, what they're about and what their intentions are. But mine probably started off a little bit differently was I was thinking more about, you know, I would get, you know, young uh uh, entrepreneurs or startups hit me up and I'd try to go for his coffees with as many people as I could. I'm like, yeah, of course, done, 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 done. And I got to like a, you know, a year into it when I was in Auckland, I was probably, you know, 26, 27, 28, whatever. And then I looked at my calendar and I said, shit, I've, I can't scale this. I can't scale that value to a million people. I'm stuffed because I can only have 40 coffees a week. I can only do dot, dot, dot. And then I still haven't even done my regular business. And then I realized, wait a second, one quick one minute video. Yeah, what's up, Rebecca? Here, this is what I think. Boom, 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 done. And then all of a sudden, 10,000 people said, oh, there you go. There was 10,000 coffees done in one minute. And and I would, I used, um, I used content to scale context. And, and that helped, that helped a lot. It's great to see. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I, use a, I use a similar strategy. Like, you know, you know, so many people on LinkedIn and other social media, oh, I like to connect with you. Before, there's a lot of people connect. You know, just like this. I like to connect with you because we have a lot of friends in common. Fuck, what is the fucking reason? Because we have friends in common, they're going to connect with you? <laughs> What's the rationale here? I don't know. So I tell them, uh, why? So a lot of them don't even answer, meaning they're full of shit. You know, all, like, all people tell me, oh, I, like to, I, I like to connect with you, etc. I tell them, uh, what for? Do you have anything to offer? You know, let's go and have a cup of coffee. I don't have time for chit-chat. I don't, hold on. Yeah. Exactly. I don't have time for chit-chat, cup of coffee and all this bullshit. Tell me something you have to offer, and I will gladly meet you. If you have nothing to offer, you know, there's no need to meet you. 
Well, it's value exchange because at the same time when you get, you know, like at the moment, my LinkedIn, I think there's about 2,200 invitations. And I, at what point is it a flood of, like, well, what's, what's the actual value? Is it numbers for numbers sake or exactly to your point before you're saying, give me 20. I know yeah. 20. 20 gives yeah. me value. But then look, that becomes... Had, like a, yes. So yeah. Look, look I, I had 30,000 followers on my LinkedIn. I deactivated it. I started a new LinkedIn account right now. No, I do. I, I, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Because now I'm not going to exceed 1,000 followers or friends. But I'm going to manage it very quickly. So every time it goes beyond that, I'm going to remove some so that I can keep the number. Attrition. Attrition. I'm going to keep mm. it to 1,000. If you can manage and monetize properly 1,000 people, that's more than enough. Especially if these guys come in the upper thing, you can do ton billions of dollars. It's a there's, lot a, um, there's a rapper called Russ who never signed a. Uh, I'm sure you're probably not fully in tune with the with the hip hop market, Zay, But I will tell you, there's a guy called Russ, and he basically said, "Look, if you if you've got forty thousand followers and you don't have forty thousand dollars in your bank account, if you've got more f- followers than you do dollars, you're an idiot." <laughs> it's true. It's like, it's true. But, but I understand that the, the point of the the conversion of community into um into commerce. So let's run back. I'm sure in your world, for anyone that understands finance, obviously I'm not I'm not exactly in that world. You would be the exception, not the rule, because you're the one percent that's doing the exact opposite of everyone else. How do you keep your circle tight over all the years? When everyone is trying to, obviously, I'm imagining 99.9% of people that reach out to you, they want something from you. They want your money. Yeah. They want your fun. They want of your time. Course, they want of course, of course. Yes, yes, you're right. So, so what are your filters in your head? Because you've clearly articulated a strategy of how your content brings in from the pull from the marketing side to build your business. What is your strategy for humans to get close to you of how you, there's clearly something of the way you think about it. I'm intrigued to know. Well, I get to talk more than once to a lot of people, and I get to know them more and more. And it doesn't take me to talk to them, meet them like 10 times to get to know them. Uh, It takes me one, two times maximum. And they automatically, I have no thing in totally ruling out, obliterating some people, because it's going nowhere with these people. He's not providing no intellectual curiosity, Mm. no financial uh, reward, no fun reward. Uh, a lot of people, honestly, when you really think about it, have little to offer. Have little to offer. A lot of people. Uh, their company may have to offer, but not themselves. I rely more on the individual rather than the company. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I go and finance some very big deals. You know, I'm looking sometimes, I was looking sometime for a, a co-investor with me on the day. Some Somebody recommended me a big, big firm. I'm not going to mention the name. So I went to this big firm. There are two kind of people. There one, one guy who said, no, no way, etc. Other guys who said, yes, for sure. So even in, in some institutions, there are different people. Who are you dealing with? It's all about people again and again. Um, how do I keep rapport with them? I keep rapport with them by getting, by, by pushing the limit by pushing the envelope, by see how they react. I'm looking for real maverick game changers, 
disruptors like me. If you're not like that, go and find uh, an asshole to play with. I have no time. If people are shocked by what I say, you're not, you know, I tell them this is how the big boys play. You're not big boys material. Have a nice life. No, I need people who are as close as me. They say opposites attract, fuck that. They tell me, Ziad, you have to be in your groups more, uh, uh, you know, inclusive. I'm not here inclusive. I don't get somebody because of his color, because of his religion, because of his nationality. Because I told you, it's balls, brains, and heart. You have the three, you're part of the group. You don't have the three, yep. get lost. Yep. But then it's such a tighter group at the top. So on the talking about relationships, this is all professionally. Now let's flip it the other side. How have you, for as much professional success have you had, how has it translated into your personal life? Do you still have your same close friends from um, when you were a kid? What's your relationship like with 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 wifey, all the rest of it? How have, how have the two balanced each other out as you've won and won? Have you won on the personal side too? Yes. I have friends and others who have been on me forever, all my life. Day uh, one, yep. Yeah, day one. And... Um, and I have friends I have developed over the years. I'm still with them for 20 plus years. Cool. And I have some people who I just recently met. And I know that they're going to be with me for a long time. For a long mm. time. And others, however, of course, I have some people who, when I was much younger, I didn't know exactly how they were, who they were. I get to discover them later in life, and I dropped them because mm. I outgrew them. It's not because of things. They haven't changed. I changed a lot. Mm. I outgrew them. Let me tell you a story that's going to shock you and why, why my fear, my uh, hatred with authority. Authority. Why do I hate authority? Why I'm such a rebel? There's something that has triggered that. This don't people don't are not born like this. There's no. something that happens in your life, and I'll tell you what it is. I don't care. You know, I'm not. I'm very secure with myself. This has changed my life. And when I was very, my father, I'm the eldest of five. My father, very successful, very authoritarian and very charismatic, extremely charismatic. When he went into a room, it's like you could draw a pin and you could hear him. People listen. He was a bit like uh, JP Morgan. The way he looked, the way he talked, etc. You know, very authoritarian. And he's a guy who had a huge influence on my life, huge. So when I was very young, I used to stutter. I couldn't place two fucking words together. For years, for years, they took me to every doctor. Nothing has changed. I was like terrified when the phone rang. I couldn't pick up the phone because I had to speak. And then, all of a sudden, so they sent me all to all the kind of doctors, nothing worked. All of a sudden, 
when I started interacting with the other gender, I started loosening up. I'm telling you, man, this was the only fucking cure. I started loosening up. Oh, jeez. Yes. Yes. Start loosening up. Today I speak. I, I mean, nothing shows. But I'm telling you, it's like, this is how, and this is how I rebelled. I rebelled. I was like in a cage. Said the fucking world is my oyster. Fuck you all. And this is how you become like this. You move from that stage to this stage. One or two things. Either I would have been subdued and totally dust in the wind, or a total rebel, biggest disruptor ever, which mm. I am. I do, I do now a lot of speeches, public speeches here and there, nonstop. It's amazing how sometimes small little things like this happen and changes your life and changes your attitude. And this is why I, I, I started to resent authority. Of course, my father passed away a couple of years ago, but it's okay. Everything was fine when, before he passed away. But it took a couple of decades of clashing. And I would not submit. And if you're not going to submit to my father, who has the strongest personality of a person I've ever met in my life, I'm not going to submit to any fucking billionaire, to any fucking president, senator, congressman, shithead, etc. I'm not going to submit to them. Who the fuck are they? That's what it is. Hey, I get it. Hey, look, look I know you're um, extremely busy, man, and uh, wrapping up at the end here. I really appreciate your time. And I think... For me, anyway, you know, I'm, I'm probably more of a young Simba on the, the come up. Only, you know, 35 now, I've got plenty of long ways to go. But I, it's really, uh, I really appreciate having just blunt, frank, honest conversations because it's exactly how I roll. So it feels I'm, you know, talking to an older, richer, wiser uh, version of myself. So well done. And it's good to know that the, the, the way that you've won, you've, you've won by being able to stay authentically true to you in your own lane but genuinely continue that and take something that was definitely probably perceived as a liability to many into one of your biggest assets, which is kind of definitely, um, you know, put you in your own little path. And so I really appreciate the time. And look, when this, uh, this whole COVID thing is uh, down and crazy, um, I'll fly to New York, take you for a non, non, non beverage. And I'd like to ask you a couple more questions. Cause I think there's a few more books in there, which I think you could probably be, be doing. That is for sure. The, the learnings from, you know, the A to Z of Z, I'm sure will be lessons of life. There's something in there for sure. The A to Z, there you go. <laughs> A to Z, Z to A. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for your time, brother. And um, best of luck for all the rest of it. Stay safe, stay good. And uh, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, my friend. Enjoy. Later, brother. Be good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was, uh, geez, what a flipping wicked. Uh, Ziad um, Albanor, geez, I, I'm really genuinely impressed that someone can stay that authentically blunt and transparent and honest, regardless what's thrown at them. Obviously, I don't know the finance world. I'm not from New York. I don't understand any of that stuff, but I understand human beings and the intent, the the crossover between the bravery and the bravery in the brains with heart and the care for others is something that I genuinely don't think not too many people i always talk about you know do i like you do i trust you to execute but the combinations iq and eq mixed with into the community side is also pretty interesting as well from a marketing perspective the idea of the pull strategy to be able to actually when you're putting it you have the leverage you're on offense you're the one that's taking stuff to the market that is pretty important and amazing as well so uh 
big ups and props. Appreciate the time for um for Ziad today. Amazing. Check him out. Uh, Blackhawk Partners um is uh, in the mix. New York does big fancy shit with a whole bunch of big people. Pretty amazing indeed. Enjoy the day, team. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. Rebet Live Dash Radio Dash Talks X. Peace.